When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to the latest episode of All Too Real 2. My name is Michael E. Cullen II, and with me as always via Zoom is... There's uh, Sesame Kanchu is actually kind of a dickhead god in Karda. It's a long middle name. Yeah. Is that Egyptian? Or Markata, if you will, because of Mark Spencer. So I'm actually Sesame Kanshu is kind of a dickhead god Markada. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> today on yeah. the show we are covering episode two, two of season one of Moon Knight, the Disney Plus television series. And I hope it's only season one because I want another season. Yeah, we'll have to see. Well, we'll have to see, because apparently they don't do a lot of... Well, I know they're going to do a season two of What If. I know that much. But um, that's the only one I know of that they are going to do that. Oh, Loki as well. Oh, Loki. That's right. Yeah, Loki. Um, yeah. Um, but any anywho, um, they, uh, I do know that uh, Oscar Isaac has only signed up for... He's only on contract to do this show, not even any movies or anything. So okay. he didn't sign a long-term contract. So we'll see what happens. Um, yeah. Well, Moon Knight's kind of a obscure character in the Marvel. He's not, um, he's almost kind of seen as a joke sometimes. Cause like the stories, I mean, I've been doing like a deep dive of like the history of Moon Knight. Some, some, some of these stories are just, they're like absolutely ridiculous. Like, you know, uh, yeah. like, what were they think? What were they thinking? Like mm-hmm. when they thought of this, like like literally, its very first appearance <clears throat> isn't even in his own comic book. Which no, that's 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 not. I mean, a lot of characters. Yeah, most most comic book characters yeah. are introduced in somebody else's. It was, it was an issue called Werewolf by Night, where <clears throat> he's 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 Mark Spector. He's a mercenary, and they hire you know this group. I don't know, government people, whatever. <clears throat> they they hire him to um get, you know capture this werewolf, and they give him the suit. So the Moon Knight suit in this in this original version, he wasn't given by Kanchu or doesn't have any like supernatural, divine type of thing. They they just gave him the suit, wear the suit, and it's got a bunch of gadgets and shit, and go capture this werewolf, and then he captures a werewolf. But then he's like, well, hey, you know, you, you paid me to bring him, you know, the, you know, to capture him. You didn't pay me to bring him in. And then 
I guess like he felt sorry for the werewolf, so they like went and beat up the guys that paid him to do all this in the first place. And then he just leaves. That's okay. it. That's that's their, that's your very what's that? I said okay. <laughs> that, that, that's your very first appearance of Moon Knight, just like a pointless meandering story, which kind of I guess makes sense a little bit because it, it kind of because <clears throat> his character I guess sort of evolves over time as being kind of like he's neither here nor there. He just kind of shows up, then he leaves. And that kind of goes into the dissociative identity disorder, which that was later retcon, you know, later that's what yeah. his own that originally his his separate identities were just covers that he was using to like talk to pe- certain people. Like he had Stephen Grant was like his high society, rich kind of ba- uh, Bruce Wayne type of guy, so he could like hear about like crimes, you know, like. Yeah, you know, the big, the big, you know, the big crimes being committed. But then he also have a, a character that was more of like a street level guy, you know. But like these weren't like actual personalities. These were these were just identities that he created for himself. And then over time, of course, that evolved and evolved into. It's really interesting. I like I'm I'm very. I don't know why, but I'm very much more <clears throat> interested in this character than I have in any of the other characters even though he's like very kind of like a minor character. Well it's probably you know? because you know less about him than other ones so yeah, yeah, it's easier yeah. to you know find more and the thing is, is I mean it's it's cool I mean it could be developed into a really cool character which it already has um, Yeah, and I think you know I, could, I would love to see a, him join the greater MCU but I guess mm. there's no real major plans at the moment but we'll see what happens um, yeah, we'll see. yeah uh, so um the name of this episode is Summon the Suit. Uh, it was directed by Aaron Moorhead and Justin Benson. Written by Michael Kastelein. Kastelein? I don't know how you pronounce his name, but anyways, I'm sorry, Michael. Um, pretty sure I know how to pronounce Michael, but other than that. Um, yeah. So... <laughs> and our original release date was April 6th, 2022. Um, so... Initial thoughts here. What did you think about this episode? I loved it. I, I think it uh, <clears throat> it picked up picked up right where it left off. But um, you know, things um, got really intense really fast. Uh, I, I was kind of afraid of the slow burn thing that that these shows tend to do, where the first three episodes almost feel kind of like filler episodes, then. They got to wrap everything up in three episodes. I'm like, well, that seems kind of... No, like, episode one was, like, the filler episode, like, just getting things started, and then <laughs> episode two, I mean, we're, we're already talking about, like, the history of the gods and their agendas and avatars and, you know, the scarab is put back into the, you know, the mix and all this kind of stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, I really, I really liked it a lot. <laughs> Me too. I mean, I thought it was a really well-made episode um the everything directing action story everything it was good um the uh i'm really digging uh ethan hawk's portrayal of harrow Mm -hmm. it's uh it's getting even more culty creepy-ish which is cool but he's very subdued kind of like a really good cult leader um yeah he's not um 
he's charismatic, but he knows how to not not be too not to go too hard into it, you know. Um, kind of reminds me in a weird way of uh, of uh, of um, the the Nexium guy. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what, uh, what was his name? Um, uh, uh, oh my whatever. god. Yeah, dickhead. Um, but anyways, <laughs> he's, he's nobody. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah. See, that's the thing. It's like a lot of cults fail because their cult leader gets too <clears throat> too wild with their charisma, and they eventually turn a lot of people away. And then all that are left are the fanatics. And <clears throat> you might think, well, that's a good thing, but it's like, well, no, it's not because the fanatics are usually very unstable. And some of them might want to have power for themselves. So then you got to worry about people taking you out. So then you get, so then you get paranoid. So then you start hiring more bodyguards. So then you start wondering, well, is my bodyguard going to try to kill me? And then you basically that ends into the whole like murder suicide thing. Like you know, so like yeah, um, this guy Arthur, he's very very controlled. He, he is charismatic, but he he almost I. I I think he believes in his own con. I really do. Well, yeah. At least at this point. Um, <clears throat> I don't think he's a con artist per se, as much as he might be being conned himself. Um, right. And I mean, some, somebody brought up something interesting um, to talk about it. Like the, the, the way that he does his like, almost like lie detector type of thing. It's very similar to like Scientology with their, uh, with their auditing. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, <clears throat> where they just hook up this fake thing and yeah, they get you to kind <clears throat> excuse me, you get uh, to confess their yeah supposed things or whatever, and then they write it all down as a way to <clears throat> threaten them later on. Like, oh, if you want to quit, well, it says here on October second that you had an affair, you know, blah 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 or whatever, <clears throat> you know, and you would we wouldn't want your wife to know that, would we? Yeah, you know, so it's kind of interesting. Um, so let's jump in. What what happened in this episode? Uh, <clears throat> it's more like what didn't happen in this episode. Um, and so uh, Stephen he he wakes up to the sounds of the screeches and fist fist punching the shit out, shit out of that jackal from the night before. <clears throat> and then he wakes up and he you know immediately jumps out of bed because he he thinks he's still you know at the museum. Ends up. Uh, Falling face first on the floor because he's got that strap, you know, attached to his leg and foot. <clears throat> and then he um, he immediately starts asking, you know, to talk to Mark because he remembers everything from the last night. And, <clears throat> you know, Mark doesn't show up. And then he goes to work all paranoid because um, the, the the surveillance dude, um, you know, told him that like the bathrooms have been completely destroyed. So Steven's like, oh, I've, I've got some information about that. Let me go and watch the security footage with you. And he's like, yeah, sure. And he's like, yeah, but don't tell Donna. And then, you know, Steven's like, oh, man, like, you, this is going to melt your mind. Uh, this is like some Area 51 MI6 stuff. And all you see is him, though. You don't see a jackal. You just see Steven, you know, hiding behind, a, you know, whatever, crying. He's like, are you crying? He's like, yeah, a bit, a bit. And then, yeah, just, you know, no dog or, or no Egyptian jackal, nothing, just him running away from an imaginary 
nothing. And uh, <clears throat> so then he starts freaking out, like, well, shit, did I imagine this? Or yeah. And then um, you got these scenes where it looks like he's fighting himself, sort of like in, uh, yeah. in, in like Fight Club or something. <clears throat> yeah, the, 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 yeah, exactly. Like that whole, um, like we talked about before, where this is almost like a reverse Fight Club where the Brad Pitt character is like the real guy and the Stephen Grant is the the alternate you know <clears throat> you know you know basically like he's like the big tough guy who wants like a softer side of himself as opposed that, to that is as far as we know so far well yeah as far as we know but that's, <laughs> yeah who knows so where they're gonna take this because i think exactly i think there might even be like more personalities that we have yet to yeah. meet so there there are quite a few in the comic well at least in some of the more recent yeah comic series um so yeah <clears throat> you know he he gets fired. Um, you know the guy from HRs. You know he's pretty nice. You know he's, you know he's like, hey, you know, we got these doctors that you could see. You know they're really good. You know, <clears throat> you know you're not alone. Even though that's like a classic HR thing to say. And you know maybe you know maybe these people can help you. And then you know send sends him off on his way and talks to his statue buddy and gives him a hug. And the guy actually moves this time. The last time he did, yeah, he gives him a little um, side eye or something there. So that's interesting. And then, um, and then uh, we go into the next stuff. So what happens after that? So, um, <clears throat> basically, um, he learns that Mark Spector is the name of his other avatar. Um, he uh, he learns of the avatar Egyptian moon god Kanchu. So. Then he is confronted at one point by Layla, who uh, I guess was unaware of the fact that Steven existed. Mm-hmm. So, or she maybe she did know and left him because of that. Who knows? They were trying to. She presents divorce papers <clears throat> after uh, he uh, insists they go back to his place. And. Uh, so, uh, they, they say that they're not going to, you know, press charges at all or anything at the, at the, uh, museum. They're just firing him for, yeah. uh, destroying the restroom. <laughs> Which is like, <clears throat> like, come on, like, you know, how, how badly that restroom was destroyed. I mean, how could they think mm-hmm. he, you know, I'm pretty sure like he, if you're working at Walmart and you destroy their restroom, they're going to do more than fire you. Well, I know, but what I mean, though, is how badly it was destroyed. How could they think that he did it alone did that? I mean, like, but what still, weapon, you know, <laughs> they have no like, other proof to anything else happening. So, no, I guess not. So, yeah, I love that scene, though, in the storage facility, though, where um, Kanchu is basically like chasing him. Yeah. And like at first, I thought there was something wrong with my TV because there's like this freeze frame when like when Steven screams yeah. when Kanchu. Ch- but then I watched it again; the same thing happened. Then I watched uh, like some clips on YouTube, and it's the same. So I'm like, "Oh, that's actually part of the yeah." Like they did that on purpose. Like it reminded <laughs> me of really- it reminded me of there's a scene in The Man from Snowy River. <laughs> <laughs> this is a really weird thing, but where they do a similar <laughs> thing with a horse. <laughs> they have this like horse that's scared and they do a freeze frame with the horse to create more tension. And when I saw that, it just reminded me of that. So 
Yeah, I think I remember you mentioned that once. Yeah. Some other time. But yeah, <clears throat> so I thought that was really cool. And that could that, that could have been symbolic in a way too of like where <clears throat> like he froze like in between identities, like like he couldn't even like switch to Mark even if he wanted to at that moment, because <clears throat> I mean you gotta imagine this eight feet tall god who's like not even really chasing you because he just like can appear at will in any place he wants to, you know, and you know, like he's you'll see him you know, down the hall, but then all of a sudden he's right in front of you, and you know he's got his back turned to you, and then he faces you. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's cool the way the the noise of the lights turning on and off is really cool. Um, in that scene, uh, back to Layla, mm-hmm. we've got um when when they're in the uh, the apartment, um, she finds a book of Stevens, not of Marks, of French poetry. Mm-hmm. And her favorite poem is the same as his, so it's kind of weird that you know this whole. Even though he's a different personality, he has this favorite poem that's the same as his wife's. Yeah, I noticed that um, too. I was thinking about that. Um, that maybe <clears throat> part of this identity was like maybe <clears throat> what he thought would be like more suitable. You know, yeah, to be with Layla, kind of thing. Like, yeah, it's it's more of a you know homebody sort of you know more reliable type of person than a wild adventurer. Um, right. Yeah. And it's interesting. The, the, uh, the poem is about like separation though, too, being mm-hmm. separated from your love. So it's interesting there too. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, uh, while they're at the, at the apartment, cops do come. And, uh, they're named uh, Fitzgerald and Kennedy, by the way. <laughs> so that should have been a <laughs> mm-hmm. a key right there to let them know that they're fake. Um, <laughs> well, just even the way they were acting, yeah. Like, as soon as they came there, were just really <clears throat> suspicious, you know. Like, like immediately they just felt like, okay, these aren't real cops, or, or maybe they are. Maybe they're, you know. But either, the whole cult but either way, they're part of they're they're part of uh, of of Ahmet's cult, mm-hmm. and uh, they uh, take uh, Layla and Stephen to uh, to see uh, Harrow, um, Arthur. Well, Layla went yeah. away. It was just it was just yeah. Stephen. So eventually, it was just Stephen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, she ran away out there. I'm sorry, I forgot they were trying to get her, but she wasn't there. She was yeah, hiding. She left. I I totally forgot about that for some reason. That's all right. Because <laughs> then she ends up back there later, because she yeah. does end up helping him later. So that's why I forgot. <laughs> but yeah, um, so <clears throat> take some. Uh, what does uh, what happens there once he's uh with uh, with Arthur? Um, <clears throat> once again, Arthur is very um. He's very nice, kind to Stephen. He, he he understands, you know, his predicament, <clears throat> but he's still, you know, very firm that he wants to scare up. But he's, you know, he understands that, you know, when he's talking to Stephen, he's talking to Stephen. He's not talking to, you know, Mark pretending to be someone else. Like he understands that this is like an actual other person, you know, that he's talking to. So you know, that's interesting. And then he he shows, you know, that the little 
commune, I guess, that they live in, how, you know, it used to be like the worst neighborhood in London, you know, like the crime rate there was just like sky high. And now, you know, everybody's growing like their own tomatoes and they got like a goat for some reason. And, um, well, and every, all... every neighborhood needs a goat. Yeah, of course. And like, even Steven like points out that a goat and Arthur's just like smiles, like, yeah, like almost like he's just like being very, like, very, you know, very almost like treating Steven kind of like a child almost. Like, like, yeah, that is a goat. It's funny, you know, whatever. And then, um, and he says that they all, he speaks to, this one, this one girl in um, Mandarin, and then she speaks back, and <clears throat> he, uh, Stephen's like, "Oh, you speak Chinese?" And he's like, "Oh, it's Mandarin." Actually, like you know, kind of corrects them, you know, because there's multiple languages that people speak in China, and uh, he says they all they all aspire to learn three languages or at least three languages, um, you know, basically demonstrating that you know this is like a very, you know, prosperous, you know, intellectually inclined neighborhood you know like people who you know they live you know they live good productive lives they they all they're you know they're curious you know about other cultures you know almost like a you know utopia i guess you would call it and um you know you go inside they're i guess they're i don't know where they all stay in some building and um they got these people watching like dolphins like or whales a bunch of like nature type stuff like a bunch of animals and things like that in yeah. slow motion on screen yeah yeah exactly slow motion just like a peaceful kind of meditative probably you know probably something like that and who knows that could have been <clears throat> maybe new recruits maybe do that to kind of get him used to like the peaceful life or whatever and then uh you know he he, he reveals that he was a ve- he's a vegan himself and you know but by the way Kanshu is like throwing a complete fit during this time like he's like making things all windy and shit and and he, he's like arthur's like he, you could see him right and he's like he's like he's like don't worry you know you don't, you don't have to listen to him all the time you don't you know or you don't have to do what he says like he's like like almost like <clears throat> like trying to assure steven that like he's like yeah this this guy is haunting you and stuff but he can't really do anything to you and it's like, yeah, that's all you can do here he's, he's like, just acting a like a like a kid and middle of the grocery store who didn't get the you know nestle crunch bar he asked for or something yeah oh yeah because and things too is like he's <clears throat> he's really getting under Kanchu's skin like i think he knows that he's there like i like i don't know if he knows knows but like he he knows like the things to say to really piss like because it, it like he says he said at one point he says Kanchu likes to throw temper tantrums like a two-year-old none of the gods respect him and you see Kanchu like really far away and he's like like trying to argue against that like it almost like feels like he's getting under his skin like you know (laughs) yeah he's like oh well i only punish those who deserve it and and like i i am true justice and he's like let me guess right now he's saying i am true justice or whatever like just really like just being very patronizing towards this fellow you know other god that he doesn't really agree with or believe in yeah we and then, um, we find out as yeah. they talk though too that um <clears throat> um arthur reveals that he was conchu's previous avatar right until Which, he could uh, be lying yeah he could be know. lying but he says until he decided to follow amit because she prevents harm rather than 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 what um what Kanchu does where he seeks j- justice for past deeds where amit 
basically seeks justice for future deeds. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, he he he, you know, he talks about you know <clears throat> pulling evil out from the root, you know, amputation yeah. of a diseased limb, you know, stuff like that. Things that might look grotesque or might <clears throat> you know might seem bad on the surface, but in actuality are you know good. You know, it's it's basically. Like a, a, an extreme form of predestination or predeterminism, which is a, a form of philosophy, which basically says that everyone's actions are predetermined. Like any anything anyone's ever done, it was meant to happen. <clears throat> so it's okay, I guess, to punish them before it happens because they're going to do it anyway. Uh, which you know, that's uh, I don't know. I. It's. I kind of agree with determinism a little bit, but not to that extent. But yeah, it's um, it's kind of kind of creepy. Speaking yeah. of determinism, I'm determining right now that we should take a break, and then we'll come right back and talk more about the episode. How about that? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you, you you only thought you had free will to do that, but you were determined to. Yeah. Do that. yeah. The gods told me we needed to, so let's do that right now, and we'll be right back. Yeah. <laughs> no outlet live. Hey, I'm Jay Remy, host of No Outlet Live. If you're in a podcast that explore any and everything, check us out. We stream anywhere you listen or watch podcasts, or just type No Outlet Live one word in your Google search bar to find the show. Live Saturdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on Facebook. No Outlet Live, your road to boredom ends here. Do you like Tessa? Do you think this will be a date that can last? Well, uh, she's not very articulate. And just as was predicted, we are back. It was determined. It was determined, yeah. And now all is right in the world. Yeah. <clears throat> as I open my Pepsi. Yeah, see, that was determined as well. <clears throat> okay, yep. so... What happens next? So, Arthur's basically trying to, you know, indoctrinate Stephen into, you know, um, Ahmed's philosophy of... of predestination or, or or an extreme form of, of predeterminism and Stevens you know he's listening politely and stuff but he's he's really not having it and he starts um you know arguing with them like well you know if Ahmet judges people pre-evil then isn't that like killing an innocent person or like what if a you know what if it's a child what if you know you know they're gonna do something in 30 years but you know, you're just gonna kill a child and Arthur's like, yeah, I'm actually glad that you said that or whatever. And, you know, what about amputating a limb or, you know, stuff like that? And, you know, Stephen's like, well, you know, a child is not, you know, a diseased limb, you know, and he's like, are you guys all into this, like, child murder? Like, I don't know. To me, it's kind of like where I, I draw the line, you know, on the whole child murder thing. <laughs> like, Arthur's kind of like picking up on the sarcasm a little bit. He's like, I don't like this, you know. <laughs> So he's like, <clears throat> he shows the cane that he uses, and he says, you know, this is uh, this this cane was given to Ahmet's um, first avatar, and it, only, it contains just a tiny sliver of her power. You can see this um, purple stuff. It's again interesting because purple <clears throat> in MCU usually is about power. Um, yeah, you know. So well, this wasn't really purple. It was kind of like a 
violet almost to me. It seemed like um, yeah, but it's still it closer purple. to purple than any of the other colors, and it's kind of the power stone was purple. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, black Panther, which is interesting. In black Panther, <clears throat> one of the got the gods that that gave them power was one of the Egyptian gods too. So that's interesting. Yeah, and then uh, and then that stuff's purple, and that's what gives black panther you know super strange so it's it's, it's interesting and um <clears throat> so he kind of threatened steven which you know which he now you know now he's showing a different side to himself like maybe he's not maybe he's not so kind and he's just treating steven nicely to kind of get him to open up a little bit you know to see if he <clears throat> can bring mark out talk to mark or whatever and uh you know he actually starts talking to mark you know, even like, even though it's still Steven, like saying that, you know, Kanshu is a liar and that there's, you know, there's, and there's always one last mission, you know, like, and he's revealing why he wants the scarab. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Which is to basically, he wants the scarab to find Ahmet's tomb and resurrect her so she can purge all of humanity of evil. Well, most, he said the cruel masses, which is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> which means like what like only one well, percent Mandy's like good you know yeah like, so basically I mean I you know getting rid of all of humanity but all of the evil in humanity is what I'm saying so yeah. you know well, no, so, but I'm yeah. saying he referred to them as the cruel masses which that implies that most people are bad instead yeah. of like you know a few people or whatever like he thinks it kind of reminds me a little bit of Raz al Ghul like you know, where his his whole sense of justice was no matter the severity of the crime, the punishment should be the same, which is absolutely bonkers. But, like, you know, it's like a guy steals an apple, you got to cut his hand off. But, like, that's the same punishment as, like, let's say if a guy, like, manipulates the stock market to earn trillions of dollars and completely tanks the economy and causes, like, poverty for the entire nation. Oh. Or, same thing, you know. <laughs> or, or you know, somebody steps on a fly is the same as somebody murdering a small family. You know, it's like right. so that, that kind of like it, yeah. it's, it's an insane form of justice that's really not at all rational. Mm-hmm. Um, you start to see, you know, the people who believe and teach these things, they may be able to talk about it rationally for a little bit, but after a while you start like, okay, just, there's something wrong with this person. Like, there's no way. It's like, have, like, have a, you ever a, seen the movie mentally... Frailty? Frailty? No, I haven't seen it. I highly recommend it, but the basic okay. concept without ruining anything is that there's this father who, <clears throat> along with his sons, is, is believes that he was put on earth to be a, like a, a basically like a, uh, an angel to kill demons. Oh yeah, yeah. I've seen that with Bill Paxton. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. That's an that's an insane movie. It's it's, the end of the it's movie, actually one know, of my favorite movies of all time. But it's, it's just really good. Yeah, and at the end of the movie, you never really know if, if if it was if it was real or not. Real or, or if yeah. if the good if they were actually really good people or if they were the bad people. Yeah, it was. Yeah, so it's it's like it's something like that. Like you know, if you're being told to do something. But my thing is, it's like, if, if Ahmed is telling him that these people are bad, how do we know that she's right? <laughs> yeah, how do we, yeah, exactly. How do we know that she's right? Or how do we know <clears throat> if if she's even real? That's the other thing, too. I mean, yeah. Or if it's just if, some kind of 
maybe he has dissociative identity disorder or something, but <laughs> right. Maybe, maybe he's using, um, cause like I've done a little bit of research on, on it too. So apparently <clears throat> she wasn't really even a God herself. She basically was like a servant of another God. And then that God would actually be the one to weight scales. And then if your heart was, I think light, like, heavier than the feather or something like that, then Ahmet would eat your heart. But then in this, in this show, it actually shows Ahmet above the scales themselves. So that she's the one actually weighing the scales. So that could, that could be an indication like, well, did Ahmet herself kill a fellow God or rise to power in her own way, you know, type of thing. And yeah. is she trying to become like the head God or the Godhead, you know? Because I mean, yeah, a lot, all a lot, the gods here sound bad. Kanchu like, is like an asshole completely. So like, because because um, because like honestly, I think Kanchu might be the bad guy of the show, but um, or one of the bad guys. At yeah, least. and and, um, and, and in, in certain ways, I might even think these <laughs> gods aren't really gods. They're basically just dissociative identity disorders for these people. They could be, but where are they getting all the power from? The supernatural power from? That's what I want. Who knows? Um, Maybe that's just built in, but I don't know. Who knows? You know what I mean? It's it's hard to say, but we'll yeah, find at out. At this point, it's hard to say. But, but anyway, but, so yeah, he, he uh, yeah, go ahead. But I was gonna say we can leave that for speculation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, sure. Yeah. So what what uh, what happens next then? Uh, <clears throat> so he he uses the um the the cane to you know, open a portal into, I guess, hell or something. And then, or the Egyptian underground, you know, afterlife <clears throat> and lets out another jackal. Cause apparently I guess that's all he has the power to bring out is, is jackals. Cause that's all we've seen so far. Um, <clears throat> but we do find out though, that in the security footage, it wasn't that that wasn't Steven's imagination. The jackals really are actually invisible and only he could see them apparently. Um, like just weird uh because at one point um Layla shows up with a scarab and then they basically make a run for it she beats up some guy they they bolt a door open <clears throat> she's trying to get she still thinks that Stephen is Mark and he's just still like playing this role and she's like all right you need to snap out of it you need to summon the suit <clears throat> he's like what suit he's like just do it you know and then uh at one point, she actually calls him Steven just to, like, kind of level with him. Yeah. Like, and still doesn't work, so she's like, okay, well, I'll take care of it, whatever. And then the jackal jackal comes in. She doesn't see it. <clears throat> he does, and it chases him out the window. And Kanshu, actually, just Kanshu this time actually tells him to summon the suit right before, you know, he um, yeah. falls to death. It's interesting because Kanshu told Steven to summon the suit. And Steven's not supposed to be involved in any of this at all, but Kanchu's desperate, so he's like, fuck, well, I'm yeah. going to lose my avatar, so if this is all I can get, then... And so <clears throat> he's, like, in a white, like, tuxedo-type suit. Not tuxedo, but, like, and he's got the mask and stuff. Like and, a dress you know, suit. Well, and, um... Yeah. And his, his, his mask is kind of, like, fractured a little bit to kind of indicate, like, you know, you know, his like splintered mind or whatever and this is the uh, the same costume that in the comics is called mr knight yeah which was like a detective kind of figure but i don't think they're going with that in this um well no but they're using the concept there but yeah they're using the suit 
and and Mark is like, Stephen, like, what what are we wearing here? And he's like, well, they they tell me to summon a suit. He's like, yeah, like the ceremonial garb, like of Kanshu, like not what he's like, not 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 a psychotic Kenny Rod, not no, not a psychotic Colonel Sanders. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's just like very disappointing them and stuff, but. <clears throat> the jackal comes back and he um, beats him up for a while. But interestingly, Stephen actually knocks, lands a punch against the jackal on his own, and he's like doing like this, like he's talking himself up, like Muhammad Ali, like sting like a bee. Um, I am Stephen with a V and stuff like that. And he actually punches this um, jackal really hard, and he's like, you know, he's surprised at how much like super strength he has because te- i guess he he has like a little bit of the strength of moon knight now but he's still the personality of steven so that's kind of an interesting thing to have now going on yeah and i mean it's, it's to let us know too that he's the steven with a v in the marvel universe not the steven with the ph yeah, exactly. which is strange <laughs> um <laughs> yeah no yeah. um yeah so so basically what ends up happening then um they they lose the they lose the, the scarab in the fight. Yeah, again. Yeah. And, uh... Um... Spectre eventually takes control. Spectre kills the Jackal. Loses the Scarab to, to Arthur. Kanchu is threatening... Mark... That he's going to claim Layla as his next avatar... Should Spectre fail to stop... Um, Harrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, before uh, mm-hmm. sending the before he he takes Spectre and he sends him to Egypt. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, like just like floats him by, I guess. Or yeah, and he he wakes up in mm-hmm. Egypt. So <clears throat> he's drinking, or at least someone's drinking mm-hmm. on the floor. And um, so who knows who that is? What personality? Yeah, you see someone in the mirror looking. At whoever's drinking on the floor. Yeah, so we don't know if this is Mark or Steven or maybe a third or fourth personality we don't know about. So right in the comics, there's there is like a guy who kind of is into like partying a little bit. Yeah. Um, so that could be, you know, maybe he wanted to have a good time in you know Cairo or wherever they're at. You know. So, uh, what do you think is going to happen? Like, what are you hoping happens? Like. Uh, uh, what I'm ho- well, what I'm hoping is going to happen is that there's going to be sort of like an integration <clears throat> of all of his personalities into like one person. I don't, I don't know if that's going to happen, but that's kind of what I'm hoping. Mm-hmm. Or that Steven's going to become like the main one, <clears throat> and he's, but he's going, he's going to have like kind of the the sort of strength and determination of Mark, but not like the absolute like brutality. Of Mark, but who knows? And um, I think Arthur is going to be revealed as <clears throat> either either Amit doesn't even exist at all, and he's just like taking her power and pretending to be her avatar. Or what I'm thinking is when because he either he's lying, you know, when he says that he used to be Kanshu's former avatar and then switched over to Amit, like converted, I guess, to her religion or whatever. Because, like, we saw this in, like, the Crimes of Grindelwald, where, you know, Grindelwald just tells Credence that, you know, he's Dumbledore's brother. He could just be saying bullshit just to, 
you know, <clears throat> but you know, it could be true, but who knows? And then, um, but, uh, yeah. So I don't know, like about like, like how could you just leave like being someone's avatar? Like, I don't understand how that would even work. Like, so that means that like, well, in my opinion, <clears throat> I think if it, if it is true, then I think there was some kind of fight over the fact that he was the avatar between Ahmed and Kanchu. Like, yeah, did Ahmed mm-hmm. like take him? Like, like you know, make like was there like a or did she like convince him? You know that he, <clears throat> you know, like my my whole thing is that like maybe you know um, Arthur was like too brutal for Kanchu, and then that's what attracted him to Ahmed in the first place where he's like, wait a minute, like I get to kill people before the fact, like awesome, you know? And And see that, that's (laughs) what, and that's what uh, leads me to, to the point that I think that Kanchu might be the ultimate bad guy in the show. So. Yeah. Like, like he, he's not a good guy or a good God. I mean, no, in the comic books, even worse, actually. Well, at least in the, Newer, like from 2014 to like 2016, I think. Um, at one point, Moon Knight slash Mark is like, he actually plans to kill Kanchu because he's like, I can't take this shit anymore. Like he's he's a malevolent spirit who's basically like destroyed my entire life. Like because we find all this retconning shit happen, how he's always had dissociative identity disorder and that Kanchu you know, has basically been tormenting him since he was, like, seven years old and basically telling him, like, since he was a kid, like, one day you're gonna be my servant. Like, I mean, like, imagine being that kind of a deity. Like, you know? Like, it's and, kind um, of, uh, you know, like a helicopter plant parenting or something. Um, yeah, but, like, a much, much, a much worse. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if he's, like, the ultimate bag. I think, like, they're probably all the gods are bad because they just they want human avatars to just do their bidding regardless you know of how it affects them yeah i mean it's like they're taking away free will in a way you know because like you've got this whole determinism aspect and everything too Mm -hmm. um so it's it's interesting it'll be interesting to see where they go with all this um especially now that we're in egypt um and yeah real yeah so yeah, next next week episode is directed again by Mohammed uh, Diab. Um, so we'll see how he does that. So you know, he's directing cool. most of the episodes except for two of them that are directed by the ep- directors of this episode. So, um, anyways, cool. um, anything else before we wrap things up here? Uh, you know, just be careful. You know about the gods that you serve, and yeah, you know, be careful about joining cults and. Mm-hmm. You know, like accruing supernatural power, you know, via that, those cults, and you know, like don't be like Kanchu, don't don't be like Amit. Well, that's the thing we don't we haven't met Amit yet. Yeah, that's the weird thing. So, like, we know so from our perspective, we're seeing Mark and Stephen, you know, seeing Kanchu. So Arthur probably sees Amit the same way that we see Kanchu. Like she's probably just there showing up here and there to like give them instructions and you know yeah but we don't see her you know um yeah who knows but we'll we'll see i mean i'm starting to wonder if they're gonna do some weird twist where like ahmet you know was like 
banished. So then she's become like that's like her villain art almost type yeah. of thing. Like you know, like she was actually good before, but then the other gods wanted you know to have more power. For or themselves. Arthur's or Arthur's manipulating her powers. Um, that's the other thing too. Maybe she's actually a weak god, and he's learned to like just use her power. Yeah, who knows really? <laughs> um, yeah, we'll see where they decide to go with this. Um, it'll be interesting. And yeah, um, if you're uh, if you liked our show here, may- be sure to you know check out alltoreal2.com and follow us on all the links there. Everything's there. Our, all of our social media and all that stuff. Um, you can buy stuff on um, T Public. Get some T-shirts. Um, uh, you know, if you have any suggestions for anything you'd like us to cover, um, it's Mike at ColinPark.com. Uh, be good to each other out there. Wear a mask, unless it makes you look like a psychopathic, uh, Colonel Sanders. And, um, you know, wear a condom, unless that makes you look like a psychopathic Colonel Sanders too. I don't know how that would work, but anyways, um, so... (laughs) Till next time, folks. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to All Too Real 2 Podcast, a Cullen Park production. Produced and edited by Michael E. Cullen II. Music by Matthew Haas. Subscribe and share the show. Visit us at CullenPark.com. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Human Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now